What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Cedar Floor Podcast. You're here with your brothers, your boy K Malone. Ryan Wilson. We got a great one for y'all, man. Stay tuned. You ready, brother? Let's get it. What's up, everybody? Told y'all we had a special episode for y'all, episode seven, international basketball. Like I said, we try to bring y'all great content, so we had to bring y'all a big-time guest. You know, big-time. So, yes, sir. Mr. John Robertson, can you introduce yourself? What's up, man? John Robertson here, um, overseas point guard. Been playing overseas for 10 years. Um, with Texas Tech. Graduated from Plano Senior High School 2007. Um, man, yeah. Reside in Prospect, Texas right now. Got you. Man, it's been a pleasure, y'all, working out with this guy over the past couple of weeks, trying to help me get my game better, help me see the floor better. So I had to, had to come bring it to y'all, you know, let him come talk to y'all. You know, so he's got a lot of basketball experience. But, man, first and foremost, John, I mean, talk to us just about the whole basketball experience in general, just in terms of going from, you know, college to overseas and, like, how that's all going. Uh, man, it was, it was actually a pretty tough starting off. Um, you know, you gotta, you kind of get introduced to the, the overseas game is a lot different than college or anything you're used to playing over here. It's a lot of reading, especially for the point guard position. So I had to get accustomed to that. And, um, the transition was kind of rough. I got cut my first year. Um, had to kind of start from the bottom, try to make a name for myself going forward. Um, but luckily I've been able to do that. And, uh, you know, it's been a pretty successful ten years overseas. I got you. Where'd you Where'd you go your first year? My first year, I was in Slovenia. Played for a team out there called Lasco. Okay, what lateral Lasco. What was that like? What was the country like? The country was nice, man. It was cool. It was a uh, pretty quiet. I was in a small city. Um, wasn't much to do. You know, no nightlife, no nothing like that. They had one grocery store there. Um, all basketball. So it was, it was a lot. It, it all basketball. It was good because I could focus on basketball. But um, just the living and being away from my family, I was the only American on the team, so that was kind of rough. Nobody spoke English. So yeah, it was, it was definitely a culture shock. Man, much different from my, you know, first stint this year, being in a small country that's like an island, almost like a resort. Man, people come there to vacation and kind of turn up and party. So I had to make good decisions to not go out. <laughs> Exactly. So that that way, I ain't have no choice but to stay home. For sure, it's definitely different. But uh, man, talk to us about where you just finished playing. You know, before uh, you know, COVID hit. So I, I finished the season in Australia. I was in Melbourne. Um, finished the season there, and then I ended up in Turkey in Istanbul, playing for a team um, called Galatasaray. Um, they actually they, they played Euro Cup, but I wasn't able to play in Euro Cup because I got to the team too late. Um, was only able to play four games in the Turkish league. Um, so yeah, it was a good experience. That was my first time playing for a Turkish team. Um, the level out there is, is pretty high. Yeah, kind of, kind of talk about that, you know, cause like I said, for a lot of our listeners, you know, one of the reasons we want to have this episode, talk about international basketball it doesn't get so much coverage, but you know, talk about the level that the Turkish league is because, you know, for the overseas guys that know, like that's one of the better, you know, five, six leagues that you can play in. 
Yeah, man. They, I mean, it's a lot of ex NBA guys over there. Um, a lot of vets over there who've been playing overseas for a while. And then you have those EuroLeague teams. You have like what we have Fenerbahce and Ephes, two of the better EuroLeague teams. So, um, yeah, you got to bring your best game, man. Every night you can be playing against somebody who can embarrass you. Um, and over there, man, if you have one bad game, like your job is in jeopardy. So it's a lot of pressure playing over there. They're paying you um, good money, so they they want the results. They want the um, they want the numbers. Uh, so it's, yeah, it's, a, it's a lot of pressure, but it's fun at the same time. Definitely. What would you say you play more in in the guard spot? Do you play against more of Americans or more of locals? Uh, usually in a point guard spot, if they all like a team, will always have an American point guard. Okay. Um, like the way they they build their teams out there, I think you know the most important position is the point guard position in the five. So those will always be Americans, and then they might have a American, or usually they'll have like a local four man, because just because they they fit that game better, they can shoot the ball, and they're pretty versatile over there. Um, but yeah, probably a wing, like score American, American uh, on the on the wing. I got the two or three, so those would be your three Americans. And it depends on the league as well. Like some leagues are allowed more Americans than other leagues, so you just, it just depends on the league. Yeah. Talk about like some of your uh, favorite spots that you've been, you know, uh, as we've been getting to know each other, you know, we got a chance to talk about uh, a lot of the places that you got to visit around the world. But um, in terms of mm-hmm. one, from a basketball standpoint, what's been one of your favorite countries to play in? And then also kind of off the court in terms of uh, getting to having a worldwide experience. Uh, what was one of your favorite places you've been? Man, my, fa- my favorite is between Melbourne and, and uh, France. Okay. Australia was like, I mean, it was amazing. We, I would definitely want to go back there. Me and my fiance loved it there. Um, I think for the most part, this the fact that they speak English was um, definitely um, one of the, our favorite things, just because everywhere else I've been, there's been a language barrier. There's been, um, you know, difficult to communicate at times. So for to be in a country where they speak English was great, and then. Um, being in France, being able to go to Paris and, you know, just the level of basketball in that league and, you know, the fans and they love basketball over there. That was, that was also pretty, pretty nice. Yeah, for sure. Man, shout out. You got to give shout out to the fiance. She hoops as well, man. She really gets to it, supports you and all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good hooper in her yeah, own man, right. She, 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 she's a, She's a hooper, and she uh she sacrificed a lot to go with me and you know be with me so that we could be together. She had opportunities to play in Germany, Spain, all throughout Europe, but she turned all those offers down to go to Australia last year. That would have been her first year hooping professionally. So um, she actually she she practiced with the uh, the first league team out there, and then she was she was supposed to play in the second league after I was done, but COVID happened and messed everything up. So. Hopefully we can get her on a team this upcoming year. Does she always go with you, or was that her first time? Yeah, this is her first time coming with me. Um, so she, I think she she enjoyed it. We have we had a lot of fun. It was good because man, being over there by yourself is tough. Man, it, going I that tell long it, distance definitely tough. <laughs> <laughs> Calling this tough. guy, you know, yeah. as much as possible, even with the 
time time zone difference you know you just want to be able to get that piece of home and talk to family you know kind of get your mind right so man one of the things you mentioned exactly. though was uh you know obviously covid you know kind of where do you see international basketball going you know as we navigate through this pandemic Man, it's, it's tough, man, because it's a lot of unknowns. I'm talking to my agent every day, and, uh, you know, the one thing we talk about a lot is salaries and how they're um, kind of going down at the moment, and uh, teams don't have as much money as they used to. They don't know um, where the revenue is going to come from. Sponsorships are dropping. Are they going to have people in the stands? Are they going to be able to generate that revenue? Like, this is a lot of questions going into the season. So it's been kind of rough. Just because, um, you know, everything was kind of going well yep. uh, this this past year, and I was, you know, I was had like pretty high expectations coming into this next year. So, but I mean, that's life, man. You gotta, you just gotta adjust and roll with the punches. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, for the people that don't know, man, in terms of you know going from year to year, obviously it's much different than playing professional sports in America, where you sign contracts where. Um, you you have contracts that are one year, but a lot of times at this professional level, high level, you sign contracts for multiple years. Kind of explain to um, our listeners that for overseas basketball, most of the time, what what you say, 80, 90% of the time, you're signing a one-year deal. You're signing for a team for that one time period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, that's just how it goes. Unless you have um, a stable team, like a EuroLeague team or a team that's very stable, um, with their budget, with their money, um, usually those teams will offer you multiple year contracts. But for the most part, um, what happens a lot of time in Europe is these teams can go bankrupt. They can overpay um, players and they can offer contracts um, and offer money that they don't have. That happens a lot. It happens a lot in a certain country. So um, it's it's pretty it's safer to sign a one year for a player, and it's also safer for the club because a lot of these clubs aren't as stable as others. So, I mean, that's just how it goes. Got you. How long have you been home since your last contract? Man, I got home, when was it? That was about March? Yeah, it's been since the beginning of March, man. Okay. So I've never been home this early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know that's tough. Well, it's probably yeah. a good thing you being home with the fam, though. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been nice being able to see the family, spend that time that you don't get usually. So it's been nice. Um, I'm kind of itching, itching to go back over there. Though. I miss it now. Once you, once you, that's your life, you know, for so many years, you kind of get accustomed to that. But um, and it's kind of tough having the season cut short, and you, you know, we were playing well at the time. We had momentum going and it just got cut short we didn't get to finish so it's kind of tough but yeah it's been nice spending quality time with the fans yeah uh you you touched on it a little bit ago but explain to the listeners you know the difference as far as being a point guard overseas what you have to look for international play uh i feel like there's less um there's less freedom i think in europe you are kind of on a leash. Um, mm-hmm. You are your position is to run the team. You have to get everybody shots, and you have to, you know, make the right decision at, at all times. Uh, 
like as a point guard, you might only get maybe six to eight shots at times, um, depending on who you're playing against. And then, like, it's just it's just a it's just a different game. The, the game is slower, yep. less possession. Um, and you also have to get so, your numbers right. Exactly. So they want you to get numbers, get everybody involved, and you have to win. So I mean, it's tough. You get all the blame. But then when your team does well, you get all the praise. So, For sure. Um, you know, it's tough, but at the same time, man, we're competitors and you just got to go out there and perform. Yeah. And you also, you touched on it earlier that, you know, these teams, you know, uh, these teams that are high level, I mean, they expect a high level from, you know, you as a point guard and as a player. And, um, you know, we know that there's other, there's more six foot guys walking around than there are 6'10 guys. So there's always a guy waiting around the corner, you know, to get your spot. So, um, just having to compete, mm-hmm. you know, every day is a real life thing. And uh, now when you're talking about going over there, same way, if you're in the NBA, now you're obviously trying to do it for money. Mm-hmm. For sure, man. It's uh, it's always somebody um, willing to go over there, you know, maybe take less money than you or uh, make a name for themselves. And like you have to, you have to be on your P's and Q's. And I tell, I tell a lot of guys, uh, like something to go by as far as when you're over there, try not to have two bad games in a row. Like mm-hmm. one bad game is already they're already you already on top of the block. If you have another bad game and y'all lose both games, it's gonna be tough for you. You're gonna get all the blame. Yeah, you definitely. Know, people gonna start writing negative things about like it's just very tough to get out of the doghouse. You might not start next like it's just, you know, coaches wanna start playing mind games with you and it's it's a lot of things that can go on. Um, so I try to tell them, you know, if you have a bad game, just go back to the drum board, see what you can do better, watch film, get in the gym, get up more shots. Just try not to have two. Gotcha. It sounds like you really have to have a a real clear headspace to be overseas because you got a lot of pressure and a lot going on. You do, man. It's um, it's that's a lot going on. It's a lot you have to deal with. I mean. Um, and, and I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot of guys struggle, um, especially when you know you're, you're in a bad situation. And I've struggled too as well. Uh, yeah, you got to be. You have, you have to have a good headspace. You have to have a, a, a clear conscience and just try to stay focused because uh, you know coaches can can mess with you. Yeah, uh, one of the things though is crazy that you talk about. Like, and he asked a question about a clear headspace. Is something that you've talked to me a lot about about being able to just free your mind and be able to just go play, focus on what you have to do, and not worry about like off the floor. Like, you know, kind of talk to people about like some of the things you do off the floor. You know, just to get away from basketball. Uh, man, I really don't do much while I'm over there. Like, <laughs> when I'm over there. It's- like, you working so hard, like, practice is so tough sometimes. Like, I just want to come home, eat, take a nap, maybe talk to some family, watch some Netflix. Um, maybe, you know, hang out with the team. It's always good to, you know, get that, uh, that sure. team bonding, maybe go out um, bowling or whatever, whatever they want to do. Um, gotcha. So you're saying you're yeah, not a big I don't, I don't video game it. guy. I'm not, bro. I'm really not. Got you. I took mine over there and didn't play. I mean, I played a little bit For of real? FIFA. You know, the you know, I had one of my my teammates. He's from Greece, and so you know, of course, he wanted to get on the FIFA. And mm-hmm. you know, we went back and forth FIFA and Madden, so that was cool. But in terms of, I mean, like you said, just kind of Netflix and 
not Netflix and chill, but really Netflix and chill. Facts. Facts. Find you a, a good show, get locked in. <laughs> yeah. And that's about it. Yeah. John, what, how you feel about the restart of the NBA? Uh, man, I'm kind of conflicted, man, because I hear what a lot of guys are saying as far as it could be a distraction. Um, I kind of agree with that, and I also kind of agree that um, we the game the game needs them to play. Yep. Um, because if not, they can be taking you know a huge hit, um, especially with guys' careers. Um, just the game itself, just being away so long. Um, but I mean, you can you can make two arguments for both sides. I, I understand both sides of it. Would you yourself go like feel comfortable like going in the bubble and like being a part of that? Uh, I mean, it's a tough decision, you know. I think I would feel comfortable. What that means said, like, would you feel comfortable enough, like taking your family, or, like having your fiance with you, like you know? I know that's kind of a big debate on whether you know guys will you know, need their, you know, girlfriends or wives or kids or whatever. Like, is that something that, you know, you and the lady would talk about and have her go with you? Yeah. Yeah. I think she, I think she would, I think they'll put up on that just bringing, you know, the fam. I mean, they should. I mean, if, I don't, I don't see, I think the NBA will do a good job of making sure about it. You know what I mean? They're not going to put anybody at risk. For sure. Um, I mean, me and Mr. Brad, I don't think there's anything any different. Gotcha. Man, also, you know, you you yourself, you're getting ready to fly out to go play in TBT. You know, it's the first part of basketball that we're getting back that, you know, uh, we're excited for. I mean, talk about, you know, your own experience now, like kind of your thoughts about having to go into that self-proclaimed bubble. You know, you're flying out to Columbus, Ohio, uh, all the games we played in one place, one facility. Um, you guys are obviously have a full set of rules you have to follow. Um, you guys had to take uh, quarantine, like had to take COVID tests to make sure you guys are all clear and comfortable. Like, kind of talk to everybody about that process as well, because um, you know we get that basketball here, you know, six seven days from now. Yeah, man, it's gonna be exciting. Um, competition is always at a high level in CBT. Um, it's gonna be a little different this year, like you said, with the the bubble and all the all the testing and all the rules. But I think it's something that we can adjust to pretty quickly. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. Maybe aside from not talking in the elevator or something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be too too strict. I mean, they're providing all the food. Um, they're going to take care of all the rooms and everything like that. So, um, yeah, we just got to focus on basketball. That's, that's it. Gotcha. Where's TBT this year? They're playing it at uh, Ohio State's uh, arena. Oh, okay. What team are you playing with? Armored athlete. Yep. Just so the people know, y'all make sure y'all tune in <laughs> when the, when the yes, armored athlete check them out. Y'all yep. try to make this run, man. Talk about who else is on the team with you. Uh, we got uh, Courtney Fortson, Dominique Sutton, uh, Matt Mobley. Uh, hopefully, we can get Michael Ojo. He's actually overseas right now. Hopefully, he's back in time. Um. Who else do we have? Cody Clark. Uh, uh, I might be forgetting some. Other. Oh, Scott Machado. Um, who else? I might be missing some other guys. But gotcha. if I'm missing anybody, my bad. But that's, <laughs> those are the guys I can remember. And who do you guys have the first game? We have Clemson alumni. Okay. You know, 
My guy Elijah Thomas is playing with a Clemson alumni. He transferred there from A&M. Okay. Shout out to him. So, big fella. Hopefully, you have a good matchup. I'll definitely be tuned in for sure. But, man, the other thing is, is like, you know, with all this going on, man, like, you know, while you were home, like, you know, how are you staying in shape? You know, what have you been doing uh, just to, you know, stay right, obviously, for this TBT opportunity and then hopefully for the restart of this next season? Man, getting in work with, with yourself. Yep. Um, Kobe has been working out with us. Phil Pressy, um, getting some work in with him. Uh, my fiance as well. We're always in the gym together. So, I mean, just trying to stay in the gym, um, not kill yourself. You know, at this point, at my age, I think it's all about maintaining. So, you know, just keeping keeping in the gym, keeping those uh, shots up, keeping that muscle memory. And, uh, yeah, man, that's about it. Just trying to stay consistent with it. For sure. You're from Texas Tech. Did you have any relationship with Andre Emmett? I did. Actually, I did. I did. Um, you know, we talked. You know, off and on. Whenever I would, I would always see him out. Um, he was man, cool dude. Show number love every time I saw him. Um, and I, you know, you talk to anybody else that knows, and they'll tell you the same thing. Just a real down to earth guy. Very humble. Um, good guy. Did a lot for the community. So, Comedian. Yeah, man. It was. It was oh, tough yeah. to see what happened to him, man. It was. It was very tough. Yeah. So, yeah. Rest in peace, Andre Emmett. You yeah, know, you're talking yeah, about yeah. one of the great, you know, Dallas Hoopers, uh, big time mm-hmm. scorer, um, one of Texas Tech's finest. Um, obviously, you know, had a good start to NBA career. Obviously, didn't have, you know, get mm-hmm. to have a long NBA career, but obviously, long overseas career. And like you said, you just spoke about the kind of person he was, good dude, down to earth dude. Definitely, you know, is about the community. And one of the, my favorite things about Andre Emmett is that, man, he came to hoop in terms of in Dallas, like, when there's a run, Andre Emmett is going there, and he's going oh, to compete. Yeah. And, he, and, and, and just <laughs> a level fact. play goes up, and that's the one thing I respect about him is that, uh, you know, he brings the best out of people just because, you know, he plays so hard and he got such a swagger and such an energy. Definitely had a swag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, for, like you said, for anybody who knows him, Andre Emmett definitely has a swag, man. But, uh, like, how the other thing that we want to ask you, too, like where were you when, you know, uh, the whole COVID thing happened, like, like, were you already overseas? Like, were you starting to get, like, inclinations that it was coming? Were you thinking that you were going to have to come home? Like, kind of, like, what happened when it all hit? Like, especially, like, when NBA stopped? Yeah, man. I was in Turkey at the time. And it's funny because I was – I just happened to be in a country where they were saying, oh, this isn't real. You know, you know, it's all hype. Because they were they – cases in Turkey and all the you know the rest of the world's getting hit but we're not getting hit you know what I mean so mm-hmm. um that was kind of a cover-up and we and we played another game and then after that is when they shut everything down and I stayed there a week waiting to hear something and they finally let us go home so yep. man it was kind of crazy man I finally I finally got home and uh I think the the <laughs> I think what kind of started everything was Rudy Gobert, low key. <laughs> when he tested positive, I think that's when and NBA had to shut down. I think every other league kind of followed suit and kind of got the ball rolling. So yeah. it, happened, it happened kind of fast, man. Definitely. And the other thing is, is like, you know, 
talk to like the people about like having to navigate get home because you know that's a whole thing for you know all of us international guys like when you're in this place you know everybody's story has been different I know guys that are you know still you know overseas in places you said you got a guy's playing TBT with you that's not necessarily back to his you know hometown yet like talk mm-hmm. to like trying to navigate getting out when that all happened yeah it was tough because we were trying to communicate with our team and they're telling us they don't know anything. They haven't heard anything from the, you know, the government. They don't know if the league is going to still resume or if they're going to set it down. So that went on for a week. And then we're hearing that, oh, your USA might be shutting their borders. So we're like, we don't want to be stuck in Turkey. So it's like, do we book our own tickets and just leave and risk, like, you know, voiding our contract? Or do we wait around with the chance of being stuck but doing the right thing and letting our team tell us we can leave you know what I mean so it was uh it was pretty stressful um but luckily you know our team they they communicated with us they told us it was okay to go they booked our flight and uh you know it went kind of it went pretty smooth got you where are you at with everything that's going on as far as you know you being a black man in this country how you feel um you look so you see um Injustice, the racial inequality, and you know, it's you know, people are tired of it, and it's it's. I think it's the culmination of um, seeing what happened to um, George Floyd, and you know, just the inhumane. You know, like for them to have that on video, and then for them to come out and say, "Oh, we might not have enough evidence to charge this police officer." I think that was kind of the the boiling point for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's tough to see those things happen and uh, this country on and on again. And I think it's, it's time for change. It has to, um, things have to change and uh, they have to change quick, man, because it's, it's just too many things going on. It's too much racism. Uh, you know, we, it's a conversation I had with some of my friends as far as, you know, there shouldn't be any fear when you see the police. You know, they're here to protect and serve the community. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me to get put over by the police and for me to have fear that I might die is that's there's something wrong with that. You know what I mean? So, you know, there has to be a lot of change and you see people um speaking out and I've been to a couple of protests and I think um as long as we keep our, our foot on the gas and, you know, push for change, I think things will happen, but we just have to keep it up. Yeah. I mean, we we've covered it on this podcast, man, just about we never thought we were going to have to use this platform to, you know, have to have an open and honest conversation about, you know, racial tension and racial injustice, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. shout out to you going to protest, shout out to you having conversations, you know, with people because, you know, that's where it starts. Um, you know, for you as mm-hmm. an athlete, you know, our, our last episode, we covered, you know, athlete turned activist, you know, do you have any thoughts or any ways, you know, um, for you personally to use your platform to kind of bring awareness and, you know, hopefully bring change? Yeah, man. My uh, well, my fiance is actually making bracelets. So Black Lives Matter bracelets. Um, she has an Instagram page called Wear for Change. You get your bracelet. You can um, actually donate to your charity of choice. Any 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 charity that um, supports the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, so she's doing that, and then uh, I'm having. Shirts made. I'm going to get some shirts made, Black Lives Matter shirts, and just hand them out, pass them out to whoever wants them. So, yeah, we're trying to do um, something just to 
you know, push the movement further and just to help, you know. Got you. I'm glad that, you know, like I said, for who you are and kind of where you're at in your career that, you know, you have a voice and you have a platform and, um, you know, you have followers and, you know, it just takes every single person um, that that has that kind of influence to actually use it and use it in a positive manner, you know, to, to really, mm-hmm. really bring about this change and be consistent. I think the best thing you said was like keep our foot on the gas and that this isn't just a week long thing. This isn't just a every time something happens, but it's just consistent, you know, every single day that we're, you know, we're posting, we're sharing, we're bringing awareness. Absolutely, man. You can't let up. You can't let up. Got you. On a lighter note, you, you being an established point guard, give us your top five point guards. Who, who's of your, who influenced you? Who, who gave you a love for the game? Me? Yeah. Hey, okay. Um, well, number one, I'm going to have to go with Allen for sure. I mean, watching him and how he played, he definitely um, influenced how I played and how I, you know, just being that, that small guard out there, fearless, relentless, just, just wanting to win. Um, uh, I love watching him. Uh, another guy was Chris Hall. Love the way he played, um, the way he kind of had a balance with his scoring and his distributing. And, um, you know, he was fearless as well, you know, ultimate competitor. Um, another guy I like was Steve Nash. Um, mm-hmm. Love watching him play. Uh, he was a killer out there. Didn't look like much, but he was a killer. Uh, the next guy I'm gonna have to go with definitely Steph Curry. Man. Just the way he plays, the way he shoots it, uh, the style of play. Uh, he has no conscience. He lets it slide. No matter if he misses three or four in a row, he's shooting the next one. So uh, I love watching him play. And then uh, Kyrie, you know, just his handle, um, his style as well, the way he finishes around the basket. Um, and then like he just, I mean, he's just a killer. He has that Kobe mentality where he just you know, he gets in those rooms and he's relentless. So, yeah, those are some guys I love watching who, who definitely influenced me a lot. Would you say your game mimics one of them specifically, or is it just a mixture of all of them? I think it's I think it's a mixture, man, because I feel like um, as far as Steph, like I kind of I'm not saying I'm a good shooter. Like the three, the the volume of threes that he shoots, I feel like I'm kind of same type of player. I'm a shoot. I'm kind of a three point shooter first. Yeah, that's um, what I was going to ask. Like, tell people kind of about your game. Like, you know, because you know the, the casual person that doesn't know you. I mean, if anybody were to look you up and see your stats and see obviously mm-hmm. what you shoot from three, you know, over your international career. So, you know, talk to a little bit of people about like you know your game. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that. That's kind of where my game starts is from the three point line. Um, but I think, like I was, I was about to say, like Chris Hall, so like I'm a bit obsessed in Chris Hall as far as like me shooting more threes than than twos, mm-hmm. and then having like kind of like CP threes, kind of like maybe like control the tempo, um, get everybody involved, and kind of like run the show. Um, so I think I kind of have a mix of both. I can kind of do both. Gotcha. I mean, what's the biggest thing that, you know, when you go in the gym, you know, that you, you know, try to work on and uh, focus on, like, you know, what's the one thing like, okay, I got to go in and work on this. 
I think right now the biggest thing for me is, you know, getting in the paint, um, working on my floater. Uh, really, right now, I think my, my three is my three is there. I think maybe finishing around the basket is something I need to improve on. Uh, but I get a lot of shots up, man, when I, when I get in the gym. A lot of shots, a lot of shots off the pick and rolls. Yes, yes, um, we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? And that's, that's my game. So um, I get a lot of those shots in the game. I try to just work on the shots I get in the game for the most part. So, you know, threes off the of, off of pick and rolls, getting in the paint, maybe, you know, mid-range floaters. Um, yeah, I think one thing I definitely need to improve on is finishing around the basket. Got you. Man, talking about just kind of going from year one to, like, you know, where you're at now, just, like, just the kind of – Your growth. Yeah. The player you started out as to the player you are now. I think the player I started out as was kind of like the Allen Iverson. Like, I was strictly trying to get buckets. <laughs> like, I'm going in there, I'm, I'm hoisting it up. I'm, shot selection doesn't mean anything to me. I'm coming down, like, I'm just trying to get a bucket. And then I kind of realized, you know, that's not going to fly in Europe, especially at my size. I'm not a two-guard, you know what I mean? So, like I said earlier, like, they want point guards around the show. So, um, when I went to Sweden, uh, I had a great coach. He kind of taught me how to play the European game and how to be a point guard in Europe. So uh, that was huge for me going forward in my career because I was able to kind of, you know, mix my ability to score as well as run the show, get everybody involved and kind of pick my spot. So I'm thinking I'm better at that now. You know, 10 years in, I can, you know, kind of be – I'm a lot more patient as a player. Like I'll, you know, I might spend the whole first quarter just getting everybody touches and then – I'll turn it up maybe in the second, third, fourth, you know, just however the game's going, I can kind of pick my spots better now. The game's definitely slowed down for you. Mm-hmm, exactly. So Sweden would be your turning point. What year was Sweden? That was my second – was that my – yeah, that was my second year. Second year. I had uh, – I bounced around a lot before I got to Sweden. But, yeah, Sweden was my second year. Spent three years in Sweden and then uh, ventured off to France. Okay, so you was a quick learner. <laughs> yeah, man, I had to. I had to. If I, hey, if I wanted to continue to play overseas, man, I had to be a quick learner and adjust to the game, man. That's yeah. what's up. What's the one thing, you know, we you hear NBA guys and a lot of guys talk about it, but it's just important. You know, I hope, you know, any of our young listeners listen in terms of like just taking care of your body. Cause obviously you've now gotten to play a multitude of years and you know, you're not slowing down, you know, you know, based on my standard at all, you know what I mean? So talk, kind of talk about what you've done to kind of take care of your body. Uh, man, I'm not gonna lie to you. I put a lot of work in during the season. Uh, like, I'm talking about before practice, after practice. Um, I'm at the gym working, working, working. Um, like I don't want to get, I don't want to give out my secret in that. But I'll let y'all. I'll, I'll go ahead. Like, no, nah, you don't have to. You don't have to give like, away the secrets. I, I understand. You know, everybody has. Everybody no, no, has no. Their... I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all. I'm gonna tell y'all. But so my thing is this. Whenever something isn't like right with your game, or you feel like, dang, like what's going on here, you gotta figure it out. 
So mm-hmm. I think I've I've been able to like figure it out. You know, like when I went to Australia, I'm like, they want me to score a lot more than I'm used to. The game was a lot faster. And I was like, oh, man, I got to do something to get in that shape to where I can go up and down. And, you know, the game was just a lot faster for me. So one thing I did was I started running miles on the treadmill. I've mm-hmm. never done that before in my career. But I was like, you know what? I have to be in better shape for every game. So before every game, I would run a mile on a treadmill. And that would prepare my body to go out there and be accustomed to the faster game and have my legs in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just little things that, like, guys, I don't think other guys are willing to do. But I am. But I have to be if I want to continue to play. You know what I mean? Sure. It definitely sounds like you have to have a, a certain level of awareness to be able to survive overseas. You have to be aware of what this team wants from me and, you know, what I need to do mm-hmm. to get there. Exactly. You do. You do. Um, and, you know, I'm not the type of guy that's going to make excuses, man, because I always look at myself first. And, um, you know, I don't want to be like, oh, well, the coach isn't letting me do this or this isn't happening for me or that's not happening. Like, what can I do to help myself? So I always try to look at myself first and then go from there. Yeah. Man, the last thing that we got for you, man, is just – you know, to any kids, you know, or parents listening in terms of just going through the whole process, you know, you go from high school recruitment to college to actually having to play in college and then hopefully to have a long pro career. Just kind of give, you know, your little two cents of your advice, you know, to um, to those people that are listening. Uh, Man, the, the recruiting process is crazy. Um, my advice would just be – to um, go where you're wanted, you know, go to a school that uh, is definitely very big on you and your game and um, somebody who's going to make sure that you graduate and they're not just going to use you to play basketball. Um, I think, you know, just from my my experience, um, I got to play four years at Texas Tech. And, you know, I got playing time and all that. But I think um, that was huge for me. Even though we didn't win, even though we didn't ever make it in state tournament, just for me going forward, just being able to play, get that experience, really helped me going forward. So, um, and you don't have to go to the biggest school to go to one. Like, if you can play, they will find you. Like, it don't matter what school you go to. If you can play, they will find you. So you don't have that doesn't necessarily have to be a big priority for the guys and the parents. For sure. You always say it. You put up the numbers, they'll see it. Exactly. Exactly. It don't matter where you at. Got you. Man, my guy, we appreciate your time. Man, do us a favor. Shout out your social media. Uh, shout out Fiance's social media, you know, with the bracelet so people know where to find that. Okay, okay. Um, my social media is JDRIV21 on Instagram. Um, you can follow uh, her her page where she's making the braces is where underscore four underscore change. So you can definitely go get your braces there. They're, you can have them custom made however you want them. She will do it um, however you want them. Uh, supporting Black Lives Matter, supporting the movement. And, uh, yeah, man. That's, that's it. 
Appreciate y'all having me. Yes, sir. Appreciate you, man. Man, first guest. Off of the best guests. You know, so, man, everybody, you already know how we rocking. It's your boy, K Malone. Follow me on Instagram. Be great underscore K-A-E. Witness your moment. You are, you are. Until next time, y'all. We out. See life like you see the floor.